0: You are locked on Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Crossover Wednesday with my man Q.
1: What's happening, my man? How you doing?
0: I could be better, man. How's everything going? Uh, look, this is one of the best parts. And like in the beginning, you know, like I was a little nervous. You know, I know David likes this for the network; it does really well. But you know, like, but it's nice to just actually jump right into it with somebody that you don't know much about or you haven't talked much with. But, so, yeah, I've been actually enjoying these last couple of weeks. Maybe because my team's playing a little bit better. But, Q, just like I was telling you, man, if there's anybody who's sympathetic to what you guys are going through right now, trust me, it's the Cleveland Browns, it's the fans, it's the Locked listeners lockdown browns listeners they know where you guys are coming from right now buddy
1: oh yeah there's there's a lot of misery right now going on in in silver and black but uh it it is all good definitely understand and i don't think uh, anyone's had as much pain and suffering as as browns fans have and they, they got a big win the other night against the jets so let me ask you this man off the top let me just ask you uh has the has the love come down yet has the high come down from that big victory they had over the jets and and broke that winless streak Uh, I
0: don't think it really has, and I think the best part was that it was a Thursday night, so you could just carry that. I mean, I don't know who went to work Friday. I'm not assuming many people did. I mean, they were all tanked up anyway, and then all of a sudden, the Bud Light fridges opened, and it just got a little bit even rowdier, but it was nice to ride it throughout the weekend, and Sunday, you know, seeing all the Browns, all the Browns fans tweeting just, just general football stuff, and everybody's happy about everything, and Look, they're going to carry that one. But, uh, look, I mean, this fan base, the, the listeners, they want more. And I, I think once they got to see the slight glimpse of Baker Mayfield, I, I think, look, everybody had some pretty, pretty positive vibes going into that game. Once you got Baker, you finally got a win after 635 days. It went from, you know, excited to happy to, okay, maybe this time, maybe just this time the bar is really raised around here. So, you know, everyone's feeling pretty
1: good. Yeah, no, they should be. And you mentioned Baker Mayfield, man. And look, I've been really, really high on him. And I know that, you know, me and you haven't communicated uh, back and forth a whole bunch. But look, I've been really high on him since he was at Oklahoma. Actually, since he's been in the Big 12 in general, walking on at Tech, walking on at Oklahoma, winning the Heisman, becoming the first overall draft pick. I said before the draft, no matter what team took him, he'd end up being the best quarterback in the 2018 draft just because he's got that little, that it factor. You know, something that you can't really teach. You either got it or you don't. Have you kind of picked up on that, that that, that's who Baker Mayfield is? He's a dude who he's flying high with confidence, but he's got that it factor that that everyone just doesn't have.
0: I I think that was the biggest thing. And, you know, and unfortunately, that's where it led to, you know, the small faction of people, you know, who wanted to try to put a Manziel label on him, which just was lazy. Simply. (laughs) Exactly. It was lazy. It was inaccurate. It was if you don't like him because he's only six foot tall, say you don't like him because he's only six foot tall. Don't try to paint something on the kid that's not. Is he ultra confident? Yeah. Is he a little bit cocky? Yeah. And who wouldn't be to take the road that he took to Mm -hmm. get where he did to be a number one overall pick? So, yeah, he carries a chip on his shoulder. It ain't ever going to leave, and that's fine. And the city of Cleveland, that's probably what made him the perfect perfect selection for them. Because this is a city, and with their sports teams, they carry a chip on their shoulder. LeBron James just left this city again. (laughs) But this time... It didn't matter. The fans didn't care. They were okay with it. He delivered. He got them a banner. He got them a trophy. That's all this fan base wants. They want some taste of winning and some success. And especially with the Browns, who have been there a long, long time. And obviously, Art Modell ripped them out of there back in the day when he did. This fan base wants it. They they want it badly. And they're starting to get pretty confident about it. And, you know, Baker had the best line the other day because, the Browns beaters that that are lazy. They don't work really hard. Somebody asked them at the press conference, "Well, how do you feel to be the 30th Browns quarterback since 1999?" Simple response: It's 2018. I don't care. Right? And, I mean, the the fans just ate it up.
1: No, as they should, as they should. That's the best answer for him to to give. I mean, it's the only answer for him to give. And like you said, man, that Manziel stuff, that was lazy. I couldn't stand that either. He's definitely not Johnny Manziel. That's a whole nother conversation, a whole nother character. Uh, you know, it's funny, though, you mentioned how, how Cleveland and the Browns fans in particular are starving for uh, a, a title and, and want that championship and, you know, being ripped out of the city and all that stuff. Boy, it sounds like you're talking about Raider fans, too. You know what I mean? Like, this is the second time that the Raiders are, are going to leave Oakland. That's coming up in the next couple years. They want a ring in, in Oakland really bad uh, for the Raiders. The Raiders want one. But right now, getting off to that 0-3 start, it's like, oh, what the hell? I thought I thought Gruden was coming back to win a ring before he left Oakland. And it just kind of got off to that, that rocky start. Do you kind of see the similarities between the Browns and, and the Raiders in their current state?
0: I, I, I certainly do, and you know, like I just told you I mean you can kind of understand where it's going, but this is what I want to ask you, Q. What was your initial reaction to John Gruden coming back was was it really I mean, I had no problem. John Gruden was a fantastic football coach. My only question was is, man, this guy's been out really, really long now, and we we've, we've gone to the evolution of where you know four hundred yards passing, like it used to be like an eye popping thing in Gruden's day. Now it's like, wow. I don't, all right, through for 400. Like, we almost take it as an afterthought. That's where the game has gone to. So I was wondering, but... What was the initial reaction of the fan base and you? I mean, were you guys generally excited for this? Was there any hesitation or was it all in? Wow, this is pretty cool.
1: No, the fan base was juiced. The fan base was really uh, rejuvenated, you know, after going through 2017 with Jack Del Rio and going through all the coaches that the Raiders have had since John Gruden left the Raiders the the first time and handed it over to Bill Callahan. And we all know how that ended up in the Super Bowl with with John Gruden winning the ring with Tampa Bay. So, yeah, that's been something that's like that that one that got away. You just eventually want him to come back. And so, yeah, I mean, the fan base has been thrilled i was super thrilled i was super excited let me be 100% honest with you i was uh, you know talking on on twitter and, and talking on another podcast and said I'm so excited. I want John Gruden to come back so bad. And this is before we knew he was coming back. I said, if he does come back, I'm gonna go out and get a Chucky tattoo. I'm gonna get a tattoo with Chucky's face on it, no doubt about it. And I'm gonna let the fan base kind of decide what it is. And I haven't gone through with it yet. I haven't got it. I have a design, but after a bunch of different off-season decisions were made, I was like, damn, let me hold on, let me slow my roll on this one a little bit. You know what I mean? I want to make sure this is gonna be a long time relationship, not one of those, you know, short time we just date for a while and then you're gone. You know what I mean? So I had to slow my my role on that but yeah I've been a John Gruden supporter like like the number one guy I've been the leader in the clubhouse so yeah I'm thrilled with the fact he's back I love John Gruden the coach I'm not really thrilled about John Gruden the GM
0: Yeah and that's obviously you know the one the the you know the purple elephant in the room we got to tackle here Um when you talk about a player of Khalil Mack's stature I mean it's simple enough you write the check and, you know, I I do see that there's some people trying to defend the Raiders here with, look, you know, this team's losing, la-da-da-da-da. Da, da, da. But the first thing that comes to my mind, and I guess we'll make this two-part, give me your initial thoughts on the Mack thing, but the second one, the Raiders went to half all three of these games with a lead. Mm-hmm. If you, and you look at Khalil Mack, who's got a strip sack in each game for the Chicago Bears, if you maybe had that elite defender still in Oakland, maybe all three of those games that were halftime leads wouldn't have been losses. So go ahead and tell me about that,
1: Q. Yeah, I kind of feel like we, the Raiders would be probably 2-1. and one. I think they ultimately were going to lose to the Rams regardless who it was on the other side. The Rams were just a better team. Uh, I think that they probably beat Denver, and I think that they definitely have, uh, have won last week against Miami. But I will say, and I've said this multiple times, he, I mean, he was a great player for the Raiders. He absolutely was. And everything, all the uh, accolades and all the props he's getting now are much deserved. And he was doing the same thing for four years as a Raider. Nobody was talking about him though except for Raider fans and when he won the defensive player of the year then you know started talking about him but he traditionally gets off to a slow start I don't think he'd be performing as well as he is right now how he's doing in Chicago if he was in Oakland right now only because he doesn't have that same defense the Bears defense was damn good and then when they added him that was like oh that puts us over the top you know what I'm saying with all that stuff that they have on that defensive side of the ball in Chicago with Vic Fangio calling the shots there he's got outstanding defenders all over the field so he has one goal Get to the quarterback. Whereas in Oakland, he had to get to the quarterback, stop the run, lead the defense. You know, get guys lined up. He had to do all kinds of things. Now he's just free. Pin your ears back and go.
0: Let me ask you this about Khalil Mack: Do you think? Because some want to make it out that you know, I mean, who knows exactly what went on? Obviously, between John Gruden and Khalil Mack, mm-hmm. would Khalil Mack have taken the same contract extension with the Chicago? Uh, with the same, would have taken the same contract with the Oakland Raiders?
1: Uh, I mean, I'm sure he would have I'm sure you know I'm sure he would have I think it was all it was all <laughs> so that's about the, the money tough
0: part that's the tough part
1: yeah yeah i don't i don't I don't you know again, it's hard to speculate on exactly what happened. It's hard to speculate if it was a McKenzie call, a Gruden call, Mark Davis call, if they simply just didn't think they could afford him I don't know, uh but uh, it's a lot of money, ninety million dollars is a lot of money guaranteed to to one player, just like seventy million is a lot of money guaranteed to Derek Carr for a guy who has no uh no playoff wins, but I mean that's just kind of what the that's what, that's what it is, man. It's the economics of the game right now. It's just where we're at. And so uh, it, it, it's, it's tough, man. It was tough to see him walk away. Now, uh, I mean, you got to kind of turn the page and move on. And, and these young guys got to step up. I hate it. I call him Agent 52 because I don't even like to mention his name. I just feel like he's that one that got away. You know, I don't, don't want to be disrespectful about it. I just feel like he's the one. He's the one that got away. And, um, yeah, it, it is what it is. It hurts. It hurts to see him succeeding. But at the same time, root for him to succeed. Just don't root for the Bears to succeed. I hope they lose every game.
0: It's almost like that girl. About four or five years later, yeah, you know, and exactly, that, I should have maybe taken that a little bit more serious. Exactly, you know. That's
1: exactly how I put it. It's the one that got away. That girl that you you see her now with her dude, and you're like, mm. and then you try to act like it's not a big deal that she's there, but you know damn well it's a big deal.
0: Yeah, you tell. Yeah, you grab one of your boys. Yeah, you know what? This place is lame. Let's get out of here, dude. Let's go down
1: the street.
2: Let's
0: go down. Right. down. Yeah. Uh, let's get in here a little bit offense defense. Um, You know, I know there's, you know, obviously the sack numbers aren't there when you lose a guy like Khalil Mack. But, uh, you know, how is the defense looking in Oakland? Because, look, at the end of the day, whatever anybody thinks about Baker Mayfield, this is going to be a rookie quarterback on the road in his first NFL start. So, you know, for me and my Browns listeners – what's the focal point of the D right now? I mean, who should we be looking at? Who should we be a little bit concerned about?
1: Well, the defense looks good uh, early in the games. They look good in the first half for sure. Uh, they're doing a good job. The the secondary is pretty strong. Uh, Gary and Conley, the second-year second, second year defensive back at Ohio State, he's looking really strong, he's making a, an argument of why Reggie McKenzie selected him so high. Uh, you know, Rashawn Melvin, he's on a, a one-year deal, but he's out there proving things. He's looking good. The whole defense is looking really good, in the first half it's the second half is when they run out of gas. Cause there's a lot of veterans on the team and they spend a lot of time on the field. So uh, I don't know what happens in the second half hundred uh, percent, why they just kind of shut down and, and why the offense shuts down as well. But, Uh, That inside push, I'd probably look at. If I'm the Browns fans, I'd be looking at a guy like uh, Arden Key, who's going to be on the outside to kind of trying to replace uh, Khalil Mack, which you can't replace him. But I mean, he's going to try to do the best he can. But uh, in the inside, man, Maurice Hurst, he's a guy to look for. Uh, You know, you got to look for uh, Jonathan Hankins, who was just signed. You know, off the off the street, Uh, he's a good run stuffer, and then get that push up the gut. So really, there's not a lot of pressure in the in the you know in the backfield uh, and around the quarterback but if you're looking at guys you just got to look at the young dudes and and uh you know baker's gonna have to get the ball out of his hand pretty quick because they are they are quick and especially when the game starts they're fired up ready to go especially going to be in oakland hugh jackson returning uh the raiders haven't won a game john gruden i mean everything's gonna be playing against them so uh they're gonna have to have a good game plan going in there that fire that that defense is going to be uh you know fired up ready to roll
0: yeah, and that, that's the one thing we've been trying. And look, and as much as we're excited, and look, this will happen when you don't win for a while. Oh, well, it's only Oakland. Well, it's an 0-3 Oakland team, kind of backed into a corner. It's John Gruden. Um, the, the Jonathan Hankin things. That, that was the most crazy thing in the world. I, I, we screamed because the one thing Cleveland is kind of lacking here is one more in, interior run stuffer. And, I mean, as soon as the draft was over, I mean, we must have discussed Jonathan Hankins a million times <laughs> over. And I don't know if Jonathan Hankins, maybe it's a thing. And, you know, it's probably something we all don't know. Either A, he's a jerk, B, he's a little lazy, C, he wanted more money than he ever, you know, than he more money than he was ever going to get. It's probably, or maybe even a combination of those th- those three things. But if, that, How he only had a slight visit with the Browns and this is a state where he went to college. It just seemed crazy. But now you think about that, you think about Maurice Hurst, you think about Arden key, look Arden key. I, I, he was the draft process was rough and brutal for him. Yep. But if you can get Arden key back to the freshman sophomore year player, he was and get his head on. Right. There's a, there's a ton of, A ton of raw ability with a guy like Arden
1: Key. Yeah, there really is. Uh, You know, if he could be that 2016 guy again, uh, it's all good. That 2017 guy, you don't want. You don't want him anywhere near the facility. You don't want him anywhere near the team. But 2016, he was a stud at LSU. And that's really what John Gruden talked about all offseason, all preseason, all training camp, how much he was impressed by Arden Key. So they're expecting a lot of big things from him. Obviously, it's going to be, it it just doesn't happen right away. I mean, obviously for freaks like Miles Garrett, things happen right away. I mean, you go in there and boom, you get sacked immediately but this is something that he's just gonna have to build up and most of raider raider fans raider nation they all believe that this defense is kind of in a rebuild mode not necessarily the offense but the defense is so week to week they look to get a little bit better a little bit better a little bit better each week all right that's good good to see
0: um now obviously we're coming in there we're coming in with the rookie quarterback and look the skill position has picked up a little bit um, just from the little you've looked at, you know what do you think here? Uh, you know, obviously, you know Josh Gordon. They finally cut the cord on that. You know, I had kind of mentioned it over the summer. Look, we're getting here to a tipping point where it, it was kind of okay to let Josh Gordon and all the stuff you had to deal with with him. It was okay to do it to a point, but now you're getting to the point where you had better football players in your locker room mm-hmm. than we knew what Josh Gordon was. So that became the difficult part. There, we know a Miles Garrett is going to be a better player you know, Larry Ogunjobi and their other guys that that, that may be, you know, that were looking like they were going to be more important to the team. So they finally just said, look, we've got to choose the greater good here, the other 52, as opposed to Josh Gordon. And, you know, and he was at the time, he was on a zero tolerance policy, not with the league, but with the team. And they finally just decided it was time to cut the cord. But, you know, Jarvis Landry, uh, you know, the young guy, Antonio Callaway, uh, doing everything he can to try to keep his head out of trouble off the field. Um, He's he's looked good, though. He's been able to provide a vertical, you know, a vertical game here, which is going to open things up over the, Middle, but what are your thoughts here on, on, on the skill guys? Because it's been a vast, vast overhaul as far as the offensive skill position.
1: You know, I've been really impressed with what the, the Browns have got going on. You know, I was really impressed, not just with the players that they have on the field, the players they brought in. I was impressed with how they overhauled the front office. I really was. And I thought that the guys that they brought in were good football guys, not guys that were going to baseball analytics and reading, you know, all that kind of nonsense BS. These were guys that knew football. They came from good football backgrounds, came from a, a hell of a football tree, so I thought that they were going in the right direction. I was a little surprised that they kept Hugh Jackson, but uh fine you know give him a year see what he can do and if it's not working out then go another direction if not then you have your coach you know so so be that I'm okay with that but man uh the the guys that he's brought in you know the guys that he kind of took a little risk reward with uh signing signing a guy like Jarvis Landry to a a big deal when you know he's he's a good player he never was to me really really great even though I know he got a lot of catches but he never had a lot of yards you know I mean he had a ton of catches but not a ton of yards but I get it I get why they had to improve in all areas of the team, and I really, I'm really impressed with what they have. And honestly, if they had a competent kicker, I believe the team would be three and zero. And I'm sure Browns fans feel the same way. We, uh, I
0: mean, we can almost just say, "Look, you know, you know." And for me, it's you know, oh, well, we should be three and zero. Well, all right, if you want to say two and one, let's say two and one. Okay. I mean, because you can't expect everything. All of a sudden, Cleveland's just going to go out three and figure somehow something would have happened or whatever. But the thing with Jarvis Landry, and it's funny because uh, you know one of my one of the guests I have the most, my buddy Pete Smith and everybody, we got Jarvis Landry. We got Jarvis mean, they, I mean, they literally wanted to build a statue. And it was like, <laughs> well, look, Jarvis Landry, good guy, solid piece. But I will say though, I, I do have to eat a little crow. Cause he's getting, he's running more vertical routes. Mm-hmm. Stuff he didn't see with Miami. So you know, the yards per catch, the routes he's running are a little bit deeper. So I'm going to eat a little crow there. But I do think the one thing is he brought is he walked in here and just like Baker Mayfield, he looked around and he's like, well, you know what? Whatever went on here, I wasn't freaking part of it. Right. So it's going to change right now. It's going to change today. And you saw it through hard knocks. And, and these young receivers, they kind of follow him around. They emulate him in practice. They work you know, extremely hard. They put in everything that is asked of them. And, and that's what I mean. It's, it's almost so, yeah, I mean, thinking that he's paid like on a level of a Julio Jones and some of these guys, yeah, it's a little bit crazy. I think part of it is is you know the fact that you just need that dude yeah. in your wide receiver room that everybody's going to follow suit to.
1: Right. And then on top of that, like I mentioned before, with all these other players that are getting paid, I mean, it's just what it is now. You know what I mean? Like the, the next guy up is going to get more than the guy before, regardless if they really earned it, if they yeah, really deserve it or not. They just – they're going to get paid. And I think at some point that's going to have to change. I mean, again, I like Derek Carr a lot, but for a guy with no playoff wins, he's, you know, like top three, top four in, in quarterback salary when – you know, there's guys that are under him that have rings that aren't getting paid that much. I just think that it's a little screwy. And that at some point, it's got to slow down and, and it's got to be fixed. But as long as they keep getting that TV money, keep getting all the, the money that they're bringing in, it probably is just going to continue to skyrocket and skyrocket. And, hey, go get your money while you can go get your money.
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, if it, that, that's the way it is, that's the yeah. way it is. You know, get that guaranteed money. Yep. You, you, I'm sure you go through it. I go through it. Uh, you know, everybody, because you host a podcast, they ask for football advice, you know, betting advice. Look, I'll give you my opinion. Don't bank on it. You know, I, I, I gamble very little because, you know, most of the time I'm not good at it or I think about the game the wrong way. I'll take my fantasy thoughts and I'll put it into a bet, which isn't always the best way to do it. But uh, if you're going to bet, the most important thing is who you're betting with. And obviously, you know, big partner of Lockdown Network is MyBookie.com. Uh, that's why I, I will always recommend them. Um, trust me, guys, they are the best. They're the best bet for you to use this season for you know, where you're going to put your money. They've been in business for years. They have great online reviews. Their mobile site is simple. It's easy to navigate. Very, very easy. I would only recommend a service that's been good to my listeners that's been good to me. I, I like I said, I don't bet often. I usually like Thanksgiving. It breaks up the monotony of <laughs> dealing with families. You got three games, so usually you you I know I go ahead like to go ahead and bet those three games that day. Um, but what I'm saying is, go ahead and, and find your way over to myBookie. They're a simple website. You win, you get paid. It gets right back into your account. By the, I mean, within minutes after the final gun, they have in-game live betting, over/unders on fantasy points scored, which is one of my favorite things to bet on. Look, if you you know if it's a Monday night or a Thursday night, you have a guy that you have playing. You know, he's averaged for 13 and a half points. Obviously, you're hoping he's going to get more. Go ahead, throw a couple of bucks on that as well. Uh, My Bookie is slammed right now with uh, people looking for new membership. So, uh, along with you know, all the good they do and the helpful stuff they're going to give you, like first things first, they're going to match whatever your initial deposit is. So, simple enough math, guys 50, they give you another 50, it's 100, 100, 200. But if you subscribe, if you go ahead and create your account with mybookie.com after 7 p.m. Eastern, when uh, you know, obviously you know, the lines and everybody trying to get to them slows down, they're going to give you an extra $25. So if you put in 100, they're going to give you a 125. So that puts you at 225, and that is enough if you guys know what you're doing and you bet well, mm-hmm. you should be able to play with that initial investment for a while. Um, there's a new lo- uh, there's a new promo code that goes along with this now. Obviously, guys, capital L locked, capital O and, uh, on 25, locked on 25 for your promo code. Guys, uh, whether you're helping the kids with homework or you're putting them in bed or it's a late dinner, make sure you go ahead You know, get your new account set up after 7 p.m. Eastern, mybookie.com, M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E.com. You play, you win, you get paid. Simple. <laughs> Simple as that. <laughs> exactly. Uh, now, Q, uh, the Raiders offense, look, you know, Derek Carr, I was a huge, huge fan of through his draft process. Um, You know, obviously there's been ups and downs. Coaching changes never help. You know, Amari Cooper, you know, sometimes being a true number one wide receiver, sometimes not being a true number one wide receiver. But this Raiders offense, and it seems like it's similar with the defense. First half, they seem to be able to get things going. And I kind of remember this watching, you know, Chicago Bears last year where it was almost like, is everyone in the building focused on 60 minutes or are they really trying to put all the best they have in the first 30 minutes and are they maybe not holding back a play or two for the second half when they need something to happen? But, uh, you know, go ahead, a little talk on the Raiders, Oh, and, you know, you know, is there a way they can maybe hold something back or save, save one of these, you know, plays? I mean, the Jordy Nelson plays in the first quarter were fantastic. I mean, you talk about Jordy Nelson and today's guy basically written off but of 161 yards, and I think it was like six minutes of play
1: yeah he was killing it he was absolutely killing it and that's the thing man the Raiders have been getting off to really good starts and I was concerned about them going to the the east coast and playing the Dolphins in that heat I thought man they're going to get off to a slow start that's the way that they're going to you know find a way to lose that game but they got off to a hot start and they've been off to a hot start three times now three out of three times and the thing about it is man once they go in at halftime they've had the lead they've been looking pretty good you think okay you're going to come back out you play a similar style of game and you should be able to go home with the victory and again outside of the Rams game I thought both of those games Denver and Miami were both games that they should have one uh, they should be sitting at two and one right now and uh, probably very similar to what the browns should be doing but Honestly, the, the the Raiders and I don't know if it's John Gruden not trusting the defense. A lot of people have speculated that he doesn't trust the defense because they're not just ready to shut the door and close someone down. They're they're really good in the first half, and that helps the the Raiders get off to a good start offensively as well. But uh, I just think that he tries to get very conservative and run the ball and just kind of suck the air out of the stadium. Take the you know take the time off the clock, and it gets too conservative. And uh, you know he has been away from the game for a long time. I mean, you mentioned that from the sidelines for a long time, and. That might have worked. That smash mouth kind of just hold the ball, hold the ball, hold the ball, play, keep away kind of worked back in the day where now it's so you can score so quickly, and these guys are so good and so so dynamic, and play calling is so creative where a big play can kill you. And you saw that the Raiders, uh, they they, they suffered two huge uh, big plays against them in the second half of that game against the Dolphins and ultimately led to... The, their loss, you know, losing that game. And, and that's just a, a struggle. And that's something that he's going to have to learn to do is continue to keep the foot on the gas. And I, I do, I think that he gets a lead and he just kind of wants to shut it on down and, you know, give the ball to Marshawn Lynch and give the ball to Doug Martin, which personally, I don't know why he's on the roster. I can't stand Doug Martin, but that's another conversation. Uh, you know, just kind of, just kind of run the ball, you know, run the ball, carry the rock and just take as much time off that clock and make things easier on the defense. But ultimately if you play not to lose, you don't win games. You have to play to win. You have to continue to keep your foot on the gas. That's something that he needs to do moving forward. And it's going to be tough going up against this Browns defense that I know is really good.
0: Yeah, well, and that, and that's the one thing. And look, you know, I mean, John Gruden is obviously going to go through growing pains. You know, coming back to this, and I, I think John is, and this is one of the things because I think it's where John is like, well, you know, t- twenty three twenty, we can win. But, I mean, the way the game is now, I mean, you've got to, you, know, uh, you know, with you know, a vast majority of these NFL offenses, they're solid and can put up points. It's more of a, nah, 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 dude. You've got to be a little bit closer to about 30. I mean, and especially the vision you guys are playing in. Philip Rivers still making it hum, The absolute mm-hmm. daddy of the Mac, Patrick Mahomes. I mean, you made it raise that bar even closer to 40 with a guy like that. And I think that's where one thing with John is, you know, get a lead. Sit on it, you know. But this ain't baseball, man. You ain't got a closer. Your closer is to get more points, right? Uh, you know, because I mean, everybody gets to the point where, all right, right, we'll just spread it out and throw the living daylights out of it. And, and I think that's maybe one thing where John's having an adjustment coming back to the game. But it is funny. But uh, yes, uh, with um, the Browns' feet, the defensive line, and you know, it was funny now because I'm in New Jersey and I I, I followed the Jets, you know, literally since I could watch television. So, last week, between doing this show and being on a bunch of Jet podcasts, like I had people like, even though we're Jet ones are on, like, dude, are you really predicting the Browns to win? Mm-hmm. And what it was is I don't, nobody understands, and I think maybe now they're starting to get a better grasp of it. When you talk about Miles Garrett and an in- interior guy in Larry Okunjobi with three sacks already, two guys, seven sacks in three games, this Browns defensive line is it's shaping up to be a very, very special group. Um, you know, because it's, it's really easy to eat as a third or fourth pass rusher when these two guys are already doing what they're doing. Mm-hmm. So, it, 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 and it, But it's fun to see. And, you know, and basically, you know, Miles had two sacks. Larry Ogilvie had another sack. Guys, they, they were, they're were trying. I think everybody's starting to realize what the possibility is. And they added a lot of speed. You know, obviously, Ohio State corners, it almost seems every team's got one. Um, so Denzel Ward, obviously, the latest trend you know, for the Cleveland Browns. Terrence Mitchell has done a really good job. They signed a bunch of cornerbacks this offseason and basically threw them all into a scrum and said, all right, somebody tell us who's going to be cornerback too. Terrence Mitchell has jumped up, interception, two forced fumbles, two fumble recoveries. He's done a fantastic job. Tamarius Randall, he was brought over in the trade for uh, Deshaun Kaja with the mm-hmm. Green Bay Packers. He had nailed down the free safety spot. Jabril Peppers, a uh, real solid player. But the one thing you saw at Michigan was he was moved from corner, he was moved from safety, he was moved to linebacker. He had to play free safety last year. They had no other option. He is now seven, eight yards off the line of scrimmage, getting to play strong safety, covering tight ends, covering backs. He's a fantastic form tackler. It's going to be be a nice matchup with him and Marshawn Lynch because, look, Marshawn Lynch has still got that dog at him, even though he's not as quick as he used to be. But he will still drop you. But Jabril Peppers will come. He will come with a form tackle. So that's going to be a nice test for Jabril Peppers that way. But I'm really loving the way this defense is coming, the linebackers. The defense is a lot, a lot faster. And they're a lot more athletic. And it's fun to see because it allows Greg Williams to do a little bit more to what he likes to do. He wants to get after after the quarterback. He wants to kind of get a little freaky and nasty with it. And he can do this now with this D-line, and he has a little bit more faith in this secondary you know, to everybody handle their, their coverage responsibility. So it's been fun to watch at this point.
1: Yeah, no, they're playing they're playing great. Obviously, clearly the, the strength of the uh, the team right now, I mean, the offense is doing their thing as well but and complimenting them. But, man, I'll tell you, that defense is is lights out. Greg Williams is doing a heck of a job, and he's always been a heck of a defensive coordinator anyway. So uh, very impressed with what he's been able to do. What has T.J. Carey done? He's a guy that the Browns brought over a free agent. Matter of fact, he was a former Raider. Uh, they gave him some big yeah. money. What did he do? Uh, what has he done so far in the season? Do you like what you see from T.J.?
0: He was he was he was better in the preseason. I think right now, they they don't know exactly which way they're going with the nickel cornerback spot. We've seen times where Demarius Randall's played it. We've seen uh, seen times where Brian Vodi uh, Calhoun played it. He's kind of out of the mix right now. He kind of got torched a little bit week one. Uh, so you know, Carrie's starting to get some reps there. Uh, he's been a nice addition. And the thing I like about him is is as a cornerback, he ain't afraid to get his nose dirty. He'll go in there and he has no problem, you know, giving up, you know. Because it seems all the cornerbacks on the Browns are a little bit smaller. Yeah, you know, nobody's really that big, thick. You know, Patrick Peterson type. They're all a little bit smaller. But they, you know, TJ Carey will go ahead and get his nose dirty. So he's been a nice addition in that standpoint. And I do like I do like the depth of their cornerbacks. But I think the problem is when you have guys and EJ Gaines is one, and obviously TJ Carey, These are guys who have had times in their careers have started. But right now, that's not working out for him. So, you know, are we going to see the consistency? And hopefully winning will do that because he'll always keep all 53 entertained if winning does it. So, but no, TJ has been a nice, nice acquisition here. Um, One thing I do want to ask you about, your first-round pick, Colton Miller, was not a fan during the draft process. A lot of people I know wasn't a fan during the draft process. It seems like he's held his own to this point. But I guess the ultimate litman test is going to be uh, that guy number 95 uh, year in Texas, Q. So I think, he, I'm, I think you're pretty aware of him. But the ultimate test I think is going to be. But uh, let me know a little bit about Colton Miller, how he's holding up so far, and obviously big, big test in front of him on Sunday.
1: Yeah, I didn't like him at all when they drafted him. I was angry. I was at the draft. I was so pissed off. I just knew that they were going to get uh... – uh, who the hell did I think? Oh, Derwin James. I thought they were going to get Derwin James. I thought they needed that, oh, that would alpha dog. He so good
0: in silver
1: and black. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Instead, he's a Charger. Of course, he is. He's in the AFC West, anyway. <laughs> so, yeah. I thought that they were going to get Derwin James. I was fired up, pretty pumped up about that. It didn't happen. Colton Miller ended up being the guy, the picket number fifteen overall. But I will say, kind of like you mentioned, he has held his own. He had a couple penalties last week against the Dolphins that didn't help. You know, coming off some big plays and got called back for holding. I mean, you got to do. You can't do that. Uh, obviously, that's something that, that the Raiders and Raider fans don't want to see. But he has held his own. He's been pretty stinking good. Matter of fact, he's had some good competition that he's gone up against so far. Now, the Rams, you know, most of their pressure comes from the interior. So, didn't really have a big test there. But week two, you know, Von Miller and Bradley Chubb, that was pretty big. And he held his own there. Uh, week three against the Dolphins, he, he did pretty well as well. So, I mean, I, I feel like he's he's getting getting better as weeks go by. You know, I mean, he was so good in training camp in the preseason, they decided to take their Pro Bowl, former Pro Bowl left tackle. I'm moving over to right tackle on Donald Penn, the veteran, the guy who's been there his whole career, never played right tackle before except for one game in emergency. All of a sudden had to switch over because this rookie has come in and taken the spot, and he's done okay. He's held it down. I'm kind of getting over it, uh, the Derwin James thing, except for the fact that he's playing in the AFC West and the Raiders have to face him twice a year, and I think that's going to come back to haunt them. But uh, besides that, I, I think that Colton Miller has actually held his own. And, yeah, it's going to be a hell of a test. Miles Garrett is an animal. Uh, he, you know, he loves dinosaurs. I mean, everything I, from the time I saw him at A&M, you know what I mean? He's, he's just that dude. He's a different kind of cat, but, man, he's a hell of a player. So, Colton Miller, yeah, you want to say welcome to the NFL, Rook? Yeah, this, this week is going to really test his skills and see what he can do.
0: And that was the thing, you know, because a lot of the people who really liked him, and I know Mel Kuyper was the first one who pretty much vaulted him from where he was like a top 50 player to a, you know, top 20 player. It seemed like it started with Mel Kuyper. But a lot of people liked the, you know, the athleticism that, you know, mm-hmm. the big, you know, big Colton Miller brought to it. Uh, Derwin James, look, I'm a Florida State guy, so <laughs> you ain't got to tell me anymore. But I, I, the one thing, you know, I got Raider buddies. I was like, oh, my God, him in that black and silver would look so damn sexy. Yep. But, uh, hey, at the end of the day, and the worst part is now you're going to have to see him
1: twice a year. Exactly. So
0: guys, you listen to Crossover Wednesday on the Lockdown Network, Lockdown Browns, myself, uh, Lockdown Raiders with Q here. Uh, guys, Matt Williamson uh, hosts the Lockdown NFL show. Um, Mondays, he brings in hosts of the shows for the biggest stories of the week. Uh, Hopefully, maybe the Browns will get there soon. I know Q would love to get there soon. He needs some good stuff to happen Raiders-wise. So, you know, Mondays, he has locked on host on from the biggest games over the weekend. Tuesday, you get Sage Rosenfels uh, from the uh, – Sage Rosenfels, former NFL quarterback. So, sure, you get a lot of offensive talk. Look, we now have four starting working quarterbacks in this league. So, Sage is going to give you some great info on that. Wednesdays, Mike Renner from PFF. Obviously, you know, PFF big part of what we do here. Uh, you know, over here at the Locked On Network, they are so kind, and, and they treat us very well, and it, it brings up great talking points with player grades and stuff like that. Uh, Mike Sando from ESPN stops in on Thursdays. You know, Friday, Matt breaks down every game for you and you know, gives you his picks for the weekend. Uh, you know, I, I've got to have Matt on my show. I've been on Matt's show once. Really good dude, so go ahead and check out the Locked On NFL podcast. Q, uh, let's get a little bit specific here. Um, as far as Sunday – which raider in your opinion like is there like a certain guy that kind of needs to step up like is there somebody that needs a big day to get himself going and could be an integral part to you know the further you know hopefully some you know some wins here going down the road for Oakland
1: yeah no without a doubt offensively I think the guy who's got to get going and and I've said it three weeks in a row now and I still think it holds true is I think it's got to be Marshawn Lynch I think it uh, it's going to start with him I know Derek Carr is the guy who's slinging the ball around the yard and everyone wants a big day from him and, and I do think that he's going to have a big day as well or has the opportunity to have a big day as well let's put it like that but I think Marshawn Lynch is really going to be the guy to get things going I've been asking for 100 yards from him since the season started and haven't got there